We're going to start off the show talking about one of the biggest changes to come out of the pandemic. We are not talking about school districts switching to online learning or the way live concerts may work in the future. We're talking about the changes to us, our psychology, our physical bodies. How are we going to be different when, maybe even if, this pandemic is over? We're going to be talking about a recent article in Wired magazine addressing this very thing, but we also want to hear from you. How has this past year changed personally changed you? How has it personally changed you? Tell us at 313-577-1019, 313-577-1019. Everybody has an answer to that question. How has it personally changed you? Amanda LeClaire is joining me in the studio. How are you? Hey, Rob. Happy Wednesday. I, I, good to be back, despite, uh, as I you said. I think this is the first I've seen you all year, practically. I think at like a month at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this past year has been, uh, I mean, so many different words, absolutely insane, unsustainable. Uh, so many changes have happened society-wise and personally-wise. And so, yeah, Rob, kind of a philosophical conversation we're having today, but one I think a lot of people have been having with friends and family, uh, maybe even just with themselves. How have the events of 2020 and now continuing into this year changed us? And how could that change our society long term? We'd love to hear from you. Join the conversation right now at 313-577-1019. On the line right now is Matt Simon. He is a science journalist at Wired, covering biology, robotics, cannabis, and the environment, and has recently written about this very subject. Thanks for joining Culture Shift, Matt. And thanks for having me. So as you write in your article for Wired, the effects of the pandemic, job losses, the loss of many loved ones and friends, significant changes to our relationships and our social outlets, when these things happen individually, it often brings a person to a crisis point. But now that that's happening on this massive scale. So when you decided to tackle the subject, what about it was weighing on you the most? And how does your background as a science writer affect, like I said, this, this philosophical kind of topic? Yeah, so this article actually came out of a conversation that I had at the very beginning of the pandemic with a psychologist in Northern California um, who just kind of offhand mentioned this. We had been talking about you know, the psychological effects of the pandemic in general, um, but she then said, you know, over the next six months, year, however long this pandemic lasts, uh, I and other psychologists are, are going to be looking at what happens on the other end of this. So how do we as human beings, as individuals, come out the other side? Um, this is a particularly interesting and terrifying situation in the sense that it is worldwide trauma. Um, and people have been experiencing that in different ways and, you know, uh, and, and different severities. So we've lost loved ones, we've lost jobs, we've been locked inside. That's terrible for our mental health, the isolation, that sort of thing. Um, so after that conversation, I, I actually sat on that idea for six or so months um, and kind of gathered my thoughts and then actually tackled it in a piece of its own that uh, you have mentioned uh, to look at. Yeah, indeed. On the other side of this, uh, geez, hopefully in the near future. Who are we going to be as humans? 
You know, you you write in the article, like you go right into it. An existential crisis is what's happening right now to a lot of people. Uh, and that can happen from so many different things. But as a society, kind of take us back into the, the science, because you, you talked to a psychologist at Stanford University and one of the University of North Carolina about some of these 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 changes mentally that many people are going through. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, it's it's going to be a spectrum. So the privileged among us have been able to work at home, uh, stay safe, and, uh, you know, low-income folks have not been able to. They are more likely to work essential jobs. Um, and we can kind of hand-wavy say, um, well, you know, that's, that's obviously the case, but actually scientists, scientists have put data to this. So about six months ago, they published a study that tracked anonymized cell phone data to show that, yes, indeed, low-income folks um, aren't able to stay at home as much as rich folks. Rich folks have been able to actually go to their second homes in the country and work remotely. Um, so this, of course, has different psychological effects. The rich are coming from a place of comfort, while low-income folks are not only having to expose themselves more to this virus, but there are those attendant psychological effects that just pure terror, really, and uncertainty. And it's this uncertainty that these psychologists talk about as, as being particularly damaging. Human beings don't like that. Human beings want certainty. We seek that out as best we can in our day-to-day -day lives, but we can't do that. We have never been through this situation before, at least this generation, maybe in 1918 with the Spanish flu, but that is a, a distant memory. So none of us were actually equipped with the psychological tools to tackle this individually and then when you scale it up society-wide uh, it's just it's an absolute mess but th the psychologists are, are starting to put data to this they're starting to look at what those changes to our psyche have been um, and as we're coming out of this we're getting the widely available widely available vaccine um, psychologists are also looking at how that's changing things Again, we're talking to Matt Simon. He is a science writer for Wired magazine. We'd like you to join the conversation as well. 313-577-1019. Sultana, we'll get to your call in just a minute. Uh, but you can join us here on the conversation. Who are we going to be when this pandemic is over? How has this past year changed you personally? Uh, Matt, while we're on the subject of, of, of the folks you're talking to at Stanford and the University of North Carolina, you compare the past year for a lot of people to uh, to post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, something that we, we, we usually talk about with, uh, you know, victims of accidents or, and vets, vets from the military, uh, combat vets in particular. Uh, and some of the symptoms of that, including flashbacks, you know, stress and nightmares as well. Yeah, this is a particular concern among psychologists, uh, just the unrelenting stress of this pandemic. So, Post-traumatic stress can obviously come from a singular moment that's particularly traumatizing. Um, but if you look at the, you know, the past year for us as Americans as, and as a, a human species in general, it has been unrelenting trauma, especially if you know live in a, a family and the, the virus has been tearing through your family, um, you know, hitting individual relatives. That's just, just constant one after the other trauma. So actually, in the beginning of the piece, I talked about this idea of post-traumatic growth, which is this idea that for people who have experienced trauma and have post-traumatic stress syndrome, um, there are ways that they can work with the psychologist to kind of reconceptualize that. Um, it's an extremely difficult thing to do, but 
the idea is to get to a place where instead of ruminating on these ideas and losing sleep over them, you can not shove them aside, but actually reconceptualize them into your life to uh, you know, live with them in a more healthy way. It'll be interesting in, in the coming months and years to see how folks coming out of the pandemic might actually do that as well. Um, but again, this is an unprecedented situation with a trauma that has just been unrelenting in, in a year long at this point. Uh, it's to be determined um, what that actually looks like psychologically on a wide scale. Well, maybe in the conversation in a little bit, we can get to if you are lucky enough to have access to mental health care uh, right now. Uh, some dealing with some of this trauma can be something that you can do, but a lot of people are not. But I want to take a caller right now. Chris in Detroit is joining us here on Culture Shift. Hi, this is Sultana. Oh, Sultana. Yeah, thank you so much for calling back, Sultana. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. I have an actual brief comment. I, I do believe that there has been some mental, but I think we have overkilled depression. I think we have to have some grit. We have to go into some prayer, meditation, mind over matter, do some walking, do some volunteering. I think these are things that will help us get beyond that mental um, connection of trying to be depressed or trying to be down and out. And as an African-American woman, woman, we have always had grit. Um, we have always been able to say, let's get back up. Let's keep pushing. This has been a year of none other, but I have learned a lot. I've learned to be resilient. I've learned to be non-judgmental and see in ways I can help people more. But it's also been a time of strong self-reflection because there was a message in all of this. And I believe that we need to get the message in this for us all to be sitting still and sitting back for this long period of time. Thank you. So, so Tana, wait, Thanks, wait, so don't, don't, not, don't go yet. What, what, tell me more about the, the message that you've come to, because I think one of the things you hit on there, helping other people. It can be in an amazing and very help- and great way to get yourself out of those mental ruminations that, Matt, you were talking about after a traumatic event. Absolutely. You can go volunteer at a nursing home. You can, I used to have, um, well, I still am a teacher, but I would have students get um, raise a fund to give like toiletries to a nursing home. Quit focusing so much on your problems and see what you can do for someone else. You can go clean up a yard. You can, well, I walk through my neighborhood in West Bloomfield. I pick up paper. I mean, something just to get your mind off of oh, my God, we're locked in. The more you play that in your mind and the more you take on those thoughts and think that you're going into depression, no, you need to have some grit. You need to have some stick to it And I was thinking as I was listening to your story one time, I remember, I know we dialed down everything for everybody in America. We want to make everything so cushiony and comfortable. Hmm. But I remember a student, I had a board, and he always wanted to get to the board, but you can only get to the board if you were excellent. So every time he would bring his paper, I'd say, nope, got to keep trying, got to keep trying but people looked at that maybe like negative, but I looked at it as positive because one thing I saw is the enlightenment in this little boy's face. He was like, Did I, am I going to make it to the board? Am I going to make it to the board? He kept trying to make it to the board. And I think that's a metaphor for us as humans. Make it to the board. Push yourself. Stop getting down and crying and blaming it on alcohol and your mom wasn't there, your dad wasn't there. I mean, I could give you a story about my life that would make you pass out and you wouldn't think. But you got to put God and keep focusing and keep pushing forward through life. It's life. Everything is not happy. And you have to be resilient and take it and have some grit. I'm sorry. That's my and I have four degrees. And that's that's still the way I feel. 
Oh, Satana, thank you so much for calling in today. I think uh, I think you have made some wonderful, wonderful points there. Um, thank you. <laughs> again, we're Thanks. talking to Matt Simon from Wired Magazine. He is a science writer talking about who we will be when this pandemic is over. You can join the conversation at 313-577-1019. What have you learned about yourself in the past year and uh, where do you think this is all going? So, Matt, you know, another thing you, you, you talk about is post-traumatic growth, which is what Sultana was, uh, I believe, getting to as well, is that we do, we are always going to have incredibly traumatic and, and, and just distressing things happen in our lives. But the ability to bounce back after that and become a better person or become a new person, uh, you know, I love that you talk about in your article, what the possibilities of us as a society doing that. Sure. Yeah, as you mentioned, this can happen on a number of levels. Um, and yeah, there are actually ways that a lot of us have been able to better ourselves during this pandemic. Maybe we have uh, started to exercise more, make it a, a better point to go out and walk, something simple as that. Um, maybe we're listening to more podcasts or reading more books, um, doing as best we can in these trying times to better ourselves. Uh, because quite frankly, oftentimes there's not very much else to, to do while we're sitting at, at home. Um, so those those are ways that people are tackling this to to keep their mental health on a good level. Uh, when this comes to post traumatic growth, that's that's tends to be something that is between a psychologist uh, or a psychiatrist and a patient. You know, to actually work through these deep traumas um, in a systematic way takes quite some time. And again, it's not about shoving those feelings aside, but about reconceptualizing them into uh, the broader framework of a person's life. And I think this is also what's happening now individually, even if we're not individually uh, being traumatized by this, uh, we're kind of reconceptualizing things into our lives, making things as best as we possibly can given the circumstances. Um, and yeah, some people will come out better for this, um, but also there are a lot of people that went into this with already struggles with depression, um, post-traumatic stress, stress of their own, bipolar disorder. This, this, this pandemic has been particularly difficult for them. Um, and I think we should very much keep them in mind. But again, this is a spectrum. Some people are doing fine, um, but some people have been really struggling. And when it comes to mental health in America, we need to make that more widely available. And maybe one of the other things that comes out of this pandemic is that we do get better access to mental health care. And it seems like that might actually happen um, you know, telehealth-wise, so people being able to call into uh, a psychiatrist have better access, but of course, the price will have to come down significantly, but maybe this leads to systematic change. Again, we're going to take some more callers now, 313-577-1019. Jeff in Huntington Woods is joining us right now. Hi, Jeff. Hello. Hi. Yeah. So, uh, I am. Go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. I was going to piggyback, I think, a little bit on what was just said. I heard Sultana, I heard you talk about um, meditation and exercise. I'm, I'm a private practice therapist now, but I used to practice medicine, so I come from both perspectives. And exercise and meditation, I mean, exercise are the number one treatment for depression. Um, the, the mo one of the most, it's, it's as effective as, uh, as medications. And the meditation, there's hardcore science that has benefits. So just acknowledge that we're dealing with these, these challenges of anxiety, depression, and there's a wide variety of ways to deal with them and exercise and meditation near the top of the list. Well, Jeff, if you could sum it up in, in, a, in a few words, how has this past year changed you personally? 
I thank goodness I, I've got my own medical problems. For me, having work that I can do, now I do all the telehealth, and I have, and I, for me personally, the best thing that's been there for me is that I can do some work still as I'm staying in my home. So it's, it's, it's rocked the world, but I just thank goodness that I have work to do. If I didn't have work to do, I'd be down in the doldrums. But the, the work has kept me going. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in today, Jeff. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Yep. Take care. Bye. Well, Matt, before we wrap up this conversation, I, you know, I want to I want to talk about, again, that systemic change that you envision, at least at the end of your article for Wired. When will this all be over? Uh, so many things have highlighted the cracks in our system, the cracks in 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 public schools, the cracks in healthcare, care, uh, in in, as you said, mental health as well. A lot of these things need to be changed and need to be addressed. Uh, so what do you envision? It would be really interesting in particular to see these strange knock-on effects. So this talk of exercise actually makes me think, you know, maybe more people are getting out into nature because that's been the only thing that we can safely do really other than stay at home. And maybe that actually makes people more appreciative of that nature and then can on a, a wide scale, maybe campaign for better protection of wilderness. That might be one knock-on effect. Um, but yeah, going forward, when it comes to personal betterment, maybe things will, will change for individual people. But as I've mentioned earlier, maybe on a systemic wide scale, this leads to better access to mental health care. Um, also, you know, better treatment of parents in general, women in particular, getting uh, parental leave on a national level that is long overdue. This pandemic has shown very clearly that that is a crisis that we are not addressing. Maybe change comes from that. Uh, we are also seeing how just we have generally um, just treated our essential workers terribly and now talk of setting a, a $15 minimum wage. Maybe that was precipitated from the, uh, the appreciation that we have for the people that kept our society going. And those are the people who are putting themselves most at risk. Uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm a little hopeful coming out of this to see what happens in Congress, especially with the stimulus, um, the, the better access to mental health care. Just as human beings, if we have had the privilege to be able to better ourselves, you know, this has been a terrible year. But uh, maybe in some ways it will have led to some some good change across our society. Well, Matt, we would love to have you on the show again at some point. You've got a lot of great work that you do for Wired. If people want to keep uh, follow you, where should they go? Uh, that would be on Twitter, uh, Mr. Matt Simon on Twitter. Uh, but you can also just Google me and find my articles on Wired. Okay, again, Matt Simon, a science journalist at Wired. You are listening to Culture Shift here on 1019 WDET.